Hello, my friends, and welcome to Band Hacks, a podcast designed to discuss the many ins and outs of band directing in the great state of Texas. I am Doug Fullwood, and with me is Jason Webb, and we are coming to you from the Royce City ISD Performing Arts Center in Royce City, Texas, just east of Dallas. Sit back, relax, and enjoy as we get into all things band. All right, welcome back to episode 15 of Band Hacks, and we are at the end of the school year. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. It's pretty, pretty exciting stuff. Um, now, I know some of you, I think, still have a week um, to, let's call it, navigate through, uh, but we're done tomorrow, right? Yeah, uh, we've got we've got Tuesday next week. We've got graduation. Oh, that's correct. We have graduation. Check out and all that stuff. So. Right, right. But but as far as the, the rigors of the school year, we're yep. pretty much done. All done so. tomorrow. All right, so today what we wanted to do was dive into the what tends to be an exhaustively long list of items that we as band directors uh, tend to have to take care of or think about taking care of this time of year, going into the summer, getting prepared for the new year to start again. Because as we've talked before, what we do is very, very cyclical in nature. Yes. Right? But the other part of it is it's been literally a year since we've done these things. So it also is a good thing to kind of review and make sure, you know, that we've got everything on our list and we get everything knocked off. And Yeah, you know. I, I realized today, and we, we've made our checklist in April the last couple of years. I think mm-hmm. last year we did it in March. Right. But we've got a big whiteboard in my office yes. with a checklist that we have to finish by, like, the start of summer band or right. something like that. That used to be my whiteboard. I know, yeah. I know it did. Your handwriting is a lot neater than mine is. That's not my handwriting. I have somebody <laughs> oh. else do it. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. Okay, good. <laughs> so, um, anyways, but we, we've already started erasing stuff off our checklist, and we're getting it knocked out mm-hmm. and stuff. And then I thought today, I looked up there, and I go, we're going to have to do that all again next year because I didn't take a picture of it. And and yes, like every right. year, it's going to be pretty close to the same and we'll leave something off. And For the most part, yeah. And that's that's what I always found too was like I would I would make my list and go, okay, this, 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 and this in an effort to try to take some time off over the summer, which by the way, you should do, okay? Um, and, and then we'd, we'd come back and the kids would, you know, leadership would come in and we'd start getting ready and it's like, oh man, I forgot this and I forgot this and I forgot this and here, drum majors, go do this. And, you know, so, so this is kind of um, going to be the things that we talk about here specifically in Roy City, um, but these are also the things that I've done and Jason has done, you know, throughout our career. And the hope is that maybe you've got everything complete, um, and so you can listen to this and go, okay, yeah, I've done that, I've done that, I've done that, or maybe we hit on something that you've forgotten about, um, or maybe you're just the most complete human being and you've made a perfect list and you have some things to add and you'll be able to do that too. Oh yes. Please, uh, please comments. like call in and remind us. <laughs> yes. Right. Okay. So let's start with, uh, we're going to talk about a number of things today. We're going to talk about just general basics of what we need to be doing this time of year. We're going to talk about, um, you know, what we want to send the kids home with as they leave. Talk a little bit about band boosters, nothing, nothing too hairy or crazy there. And then we're going to get into, um, staying on top of show design, music, and drill at the end of this thing. Uh, just again, all of this is an effort to keep you from losing your mind as you're starting summer band or your summer camp uh, as we get into the new school year, right? Especially yeah. if you're going up to 6A like we are. Yeah, it's just that ease of mind like where you're sitting at home and you're thinking, oh my About goodness, band. I've got it. Yes, and it's just all <laughs> band like going through your head. Yes, yes. And that's and, and I will tell you there is there is life after that once you get to the point where you're not doing a full-time band gig, you do have moments where you don't think about band. 
Um, it's not a lot of them, but they do occur. Oh, okay, good. Um, That's good to know. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. So, uh, okay, so let's get started. Um, so we're just going to run through a general basics checklist and talk about these things as we go. Um, and then if any of you have great suggestions or ideas about how to manage some of this, please reach out. We'll be happy to put those together in a document and share it with everybody. Um, so as we look at the end of the year, we are doing things like uh, returning inventory into school possession, right? Yes. And we're looking at repair needs. Um, are we? Do we send our instruments out or do we manage that just because we want to save the budget money, right? Right. Um, one of the things that the, my students always struggled to remember to do was to clear their school cases of their personal belongings. Um, and that's something you want to make sure they do. You definitely want to have your kids do that. And then you want to, you want to check that because if not, it's the best way, the best way for you to grow mold in that case over the summer. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. now, now sometimes if they leave their tuner and mic in there, and they graduate, and you don't know whose case it is anymore, then you just gain inventory. Well, right? <laughs> yes, I guess I guess that is true. Um, yes, uh, yeah. I don't know legally if that's how that really works, but but oh, sure, no, they can come pick it up whenever. Yeah, if they actually do. But but it's it's interesting you mentioned that because that's happened before. Right? Oh yeah. It's like, oh look, we have a new loaner trumpet because that kid never came oh, back. Oh my goodness, to pick it yes, up. yep. So uh, okay, so you know one of the things that you can really help your music store out with too is. You know, you need to create a list of the horns that you're sending out, um, know what inventory item numbers are going, um, and, and make sure that they have a reasonable expectation, you have a reasonable expectation, and they know what your expectation is of those repair costs. Because you have to understand music stores, they get into a place during the summer where it's like, man, very much an assembly line. And they take care of some of the same exact things because it's very repetitive work. But there may be horns that are like, you know, I really don't want that de-dented because that horn's not worth spending any yeah. money on. So you want them to tell you, like if you've got an instrument that's been rolled out, um, it's got dents or it's just old, and if they roll it out one more time, it's going to be nothing but, but a Christmas ornament. You want to know that before you spend good money on getting it, you know, repaired, um, cleaned, all those good things. Absolutely, so yeah. need to make sure you do that. Um, so hopefully... Oh, also, if you've got a store coming to pick up, it's always a good idea to have your student leaders up there um, when they come in because that will allow the pickup process to go much faster. Kids can help load horns because, after all, it is their horns, their program, and you can get out of the band hall sooner. So mm -hmm. it's good stuff. Uh, what about returning music? Oh, yeah, we need to take all of that stuff. Up. All take, originals, yes. Yeah, all the originals need to come back in. Um, we need to make sure that if anybody is not returning music, that they're getting charged for it, right? Yes. They're they're taking care of it. Um, otherwise, the band budget ends up having to do that at a later time. Um, if you use tuners and mics, a lot of you, uh, a lot of our listeners have tuners and mics. They're school property. Um, return those. Make sure you, you should have a system of checking those out. I think we used to do uh, Sharpie marker, and we right. would just assign it. Uh, but those mics that connect to those individual tuners that you may be using class after class after class. Those are not designed for the, the wear and tear that they get over the school year. So a lot of times they don't last very long. So what you want to do is you do want to double check that. I don't know that I would assign a cost to the student for the mic uh, unless it's just, you know, very obvious that they have blown something Torn up. It up yeah. yeah, exactly. Because, because again, that, that wiring, it just doesn't take much. Uh, for them to come come across. But again, if you've bought these items with school budget funds, you want to make sure you, you are able to account for them, right? Yeah. 
No, um, I was just going to say that when we send summer repair, our um, our shop does a really good job of helping us with inventory. Mm-hmm. Um, we have cases that you know the numbers are rubbed off the case, yeah. or maybe an instrument got switched in, yeah, um, into the wrong case. Like if you have, or like, a case broke and we had a new one. Correct. And just yeah. Switch the instruments. Yeah. And so they'll um, we we request that when they send them back from summer repair, they write all of the numbers from the horn that's actually in the case that. on the case, yeah, and it's great. really clear and keeps. Keeps us from going. Okay, well, what's the what's the serial number on the case? And the kid reads it, but it's a different horn in the case. Right, right, yeah. And it's also important too when you get those instruments back to um, verify that what you're getting back is in fact what you're getting back. You know, oh, yes. and because music stores deal with horns on a large volume when it comes to repair and cleaning and all those things, you do need to check them. Don't just assume everything's good. Okay, um, it is. We're all humans. We all are in processes and procedures, and especially repair guys this time of year, it's like that's all they're doing. So it gets very monotonous, and it's easy to miss something. So um, just just double-check that because what you don't want to do is hand a horn out to your kid. You know, when it's instrument checkout day, it doesn't play, and the valves are froze or whatever is, you know, uh, the problem. Um, Okay, so moving on, what about band hall organization and – finishing taking care of the library for the year oh yeah if you're up well and and right now we have our crews from our leadership team working on uniform organization you know we send the pants off to the the cleaners Mm -hmm. we also have our library crew working on library organization and then the inventory crew that helps us with that so we assign several different students to those groups that will help us like keep it organized but obviously it's it's a director that's in charge of of making sure all of that stuff runs smoothly and then you know those of you that are up at the at the band hall pretty much all summer or for at least part of the summer for a few weeks. Uh, it's a really good time with nobody in there and no chairs and stands and other stuff in your sure. way to organize all of those areas, your uniform, your inventory, your library, and, and just make sure all of that stuff is set and ready to go and you can appear organized at least yeah. for the be- beginning of school. Right, because one of the, the challenges too is showing back up for summer band after you've been gone for a little while and you know, or even the, the first few days leading up to it, and you just do nothing but work. You work, 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 and then all of a sudden your kids are there. You're supposed to be excited. You're supposed to be prepped, and you're like, man, I'm just whooped because you spent all this time. So take the time now to take care of that. Whether you know, Honestly, whether you're on contract or not, um, just understand those are the things that, that you're dealing with. Um, I always liked having you know things wrapped up for the year, office cleaned up, um, you know, like you talked about the whiteboard, you know, my list of things that I've got to make sure I've taken care of. And then that was always nice. And I've even seen some some directors on Facebook. They've been organizing their band halls and taking pictures because it's just kind of this like therapeutic thing. Right. Where you're like, I know this is done and I can I can breathe. Right. Yep. And some of you are thinking, man, my band hall hasn't been organized in 25 years. And if I started that, I would never find my way out. And And that's the thing, too. I understand that. But. Again, to the extent you can get your kids involved to help you with those things, take ownership. Um, it's really important to get those things knocked out before you take your summer. Um, I don't want to call it a break because most of the time we take summer and go home and think about band. But let's call it the time away from school. Sure. You, you want to know that those things are taken care of. And a lot of those kids, especially if you, know, if you have a leadership team, that can be up here um, for part of the summer, a lot of those kids take a lot of pride in it. Like the other Absolutely. day, um, they had just finished organizing all of the uniforms on the racks and the, the hat boxes and putting everything in order. 
And um, and they were like, do you have a vacuum cleaner? And I was like, I don't have one in here right now. Right. And so I walk in there yesterday, and one of the kids has brought a vacuum, brought, like yeah. a nice vacuum cleaner up there right. to vacuum and so themselves. Some, some of you are like, wait a minute, you guys don't have a vacuum cleaner? Well, it's not that we don't have vacuum cleaners. We actually do a contract with a custodial services, and they have the band, or they have right. the vacuum cleaners. So, you know, we as band directors, we're pretty much like honey badgers. We do whatever we want, right? <laughs> and we do it on whatever time schedule we want. And so sometimes when we do things like that, we don't have access to the equipment. And so, um, but anyway, but, but yeah, that's, that's, a, that's an excellent point. So, you know, you got your building taken care of. I think the next most important thing, and there's a, this covers a variety of things, but if you have a band dad or a team of band dads or if you have a maintenance department, you need to do maintenance on anything with wheels, moving parts, or a motor, okay? Anything with wheels, moving parts, or a motor. Are the wheels in working condition? Um, does whatever the item is, if it's a generator, does it need to be winterized or summarized or whatever? Um, like, don't leave gas in a generator for a long period of time and not run it. That's a bad and, idea. And we can be the example for that. We because, can, yes. Yeah, we, That's exactly uh, for, right. for COVID year, um, yep. last year, we did not use any electronics for the front ensemble. Right. And right. so we didn't have a reason to have the generator out. Right. So we're talking like 2019 marching season. Mm -hmm. We used it, put it away, <laughs> didn't use it again until summer band 2021. Right. Right. No, no, actually, 2020. No, no. We we I want to say we use the generator for some of the the winter shows before we oh, shut okay. down. So, gotcha. Yeah, but uh, you know when we got it out to to work with it the first time, it was like yum 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 yum, yeah. and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> like it never, it, it didn't want to work anymore. So we um, thankfully our maintenance department was able to um, clean it out and fix it up, and, yeah. and everything ran great for the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, so the other thing, like wheels on your mallet carts, on your speaker carts, on your drum major podiums. All of those things need to be safe. Um, yes. And the way that they're safe is that they're in working order. Um, they, it, it's not just it's a wheel in the academic sense where it's round and it rolls. Like if you have pneumatic tires, all of those things need to be checked. Um, and it may be too, before you leave for the summer, you, you know, you have a thing where you go, well, we're just gonna take the wheels off and not have any pressure on them. Okay, fine, whatever. Or maybe you decide, well, I'm going to deflate the tires because I know they're going to deflate over this period of time anyway, and then we'll air them back up. Okay, fine. Whatever. However you want to do that, whatever your method for maintaining those things is, just just do it. Don't not do anything because what you'll find is you'll come back to flat tires. You'll come back to missing hardware. You'll come back to all kinds of things that, again, you're going to have to spend extra time um, having a fix. But um, one of the things, you know, we've talked about Mr. Nance on this podcast before. One of the things that's great about our program is we have a number of parents, uh, and Mr. Nance kind of leads us up, where if we have maintenance issues on our equipment, man, they just take care of it. And they do a great job of taking care of things for the oh, yeah. kids. It allows the directors teach to teach and focus on that. Um, a lot of times, you know, I, I know when, when I was the head director, he would come up to me like, okay, this is the problem that we just had, but it's already fixed. I just wanted to let you know. I mean, and you just can't put a price on that. And that's, uh, he's awesome. Uh, okay, so... Let's see. Um, if you have a trailer, if you have um, a semi, if you have any of those things, your transportation department really needs to be checking trailer wheels, brakes, making sure um, the tires don't have dry rot. Because a lot of times those trailers sit out in the heat. Um, so the tread looks great. 
but the pliability on the tire is non-existent. It might as well be running on a center block. Yeah. And so it will blow out. Um, so those are things that, you know, if your boosters manage your trailer, you need to have that in place as something somebody needs to get checked out. That's not to say that you won't have a flat or won't have an issue, but what you want to be able to do is say, well, we did maintain this. We did have this checked. We do know it was in working order. Also, um, lights, trailer lights, those types of things. Make sure um, tags are upkept, all those different things. And again, if you have a transportation department, that's easier because most of the time that's within their wheelhouse. But if you're a small school, and that's something that, that it's on you to take care of. Put that on your list. Make sure you get it, get it handled and taken care of. Um, all right. And then um, let's talk about just work orders for the building. Because right. in a given year, you probably are going to have things at the end of the year that maybe you've noticed, hey, that needs to be fixed, whether it's a roof leak or a projector's not working or, um, you know, a shelf came down off the wall or whatever happened that we're getting into the time where maintenance likes to fix things because no one is here. Right. And so it's a great time to like talk to your staff, especially if you're managing a staff in multiple buildings, you're going to go over and like, okay, guys, what are you asking to have fixed? Make yourself a master list and make sure you're communicating that with a maintenance director. Um, and then double check that those things actually get done, you know? So, Make yeah. sure the wasps are cleared out of the band tower. Oh, that's, that's another good that one. Order. Yeah, if you've got any outdoor equipment, uh, whether it's props or bleachers or band towers or, you know, anything that sits outside over the summer um, because it's concreted to the ground or sits under the bleachers, it is always a good idea to go and double-check the wasps. Um, you have to be careful with this because there are certain limitations on school grounds, what you can use in terms of a wasp repellent, like you can't bring diesel and hit them with diesel and light it on fire. Right. And, you know, that's, yeah. and I was similar to like, Oh, well, we do that every year. That's fine. And yeah, it's kind of like burning diesel lines into the grass. Yep. You know, that that's not a thing. Right. Not anymore. <laughs> not, not anymore. It should not be a thing. So, but you do want to double check that because, um, you know, it's a very, very amazing feeling climbing up on that tower. Um, you know, stopping halfway to get some oxygen. If you're like me getting up there and then all of a sudden you're like, and you're, Oh my gosh. And, and you're too, two stories up in the air yeah and your choices are to walk back through the wasps or jump out right right i got yeah. stung like three times last year did you yeah yeah i should have warned you fun. about that i'm sorry <laughs> but now you have this so you'll know to that's check right for yeah them, that's right? my checklist okay um all right so work orders for maintenance we talked about that um when when are they waxing the floors when are they doing carpet cleaning what is the expectation of your office furniture and what i used to do it used to make me so mad the very first year that i was here they told us, hey, we're going to be waxing, blah, 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 make sure that, you know, you have your stuff put away. So I did. I have everything on my desk, things on shelves. So the custodians took my desk. They turned it up on the side and rolled it out in the middle of the band hall. Oh, my and goodness. I was furious. And, I mean, like things on the timpani, um, like this. Stacking timpani. Yeah, ex yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And so, um, believe it or not, um, you know, sometimes as music educators we struggle with not realizing that the general population of the world doesn't have any idea how to take care of instruments. And like a, a cymbal may not look like much and a triangle may not look like much and a timpani may look like a table. But in fact, that is not what is supposed to be used for. And so you have to educate them. And so what I finally said is like, do not touch our floors. Don't touch the floors, no. we'll mop them, we'll take care of that. And of course we had carpet, so they came in and cleaned the carpet. We moved everything out. 
we didn't want them messing with it. And so that that's finally where we got. Yeah. Uh, because really those guys, and, and it's hard to blame them too, because they're, you know, they're doing their job. They're, they've just been told, hey, go clear this out and go do this. So they're just trying to get it done. They haven't been educated on, you know, what kind of damage that can do to the equipment. So, right. Um, you know, the carpet cleaning, uh, and furniture or the waxing, um, as well in terms of moving furniture, it's not just that it's also, when are those schedules going to be complete in relation to your summer band schedule when you're going to need to be in other areas of the building, right? Sure. Is that going to be available for you? And so you need to know that before you leave, because again, that all goes to planning. Um, all right, this is my favorite leave instructions with counselors on course corrections or move-ins yes okay and by the way i know these are kind of bouncing all over the place but this is what we do this time of year right but counselors need to know how to get in touch with you in the summer that's the first thing the second thing is counselors need a list of all of your classes so they know where your kids are supposed to go and in what band now, if you've only got a single band period uh, for high school and you don't have several split high school bands, then it's not as huge of an issue for you guys. But if you've got four different band classes, four different ability levels, and you've got percussion classes that are separate, you've got guard classes over here, trust me when I tell you that you don't want to rely on students' choice slips to get those right. Right. You want to do the rosters. And the other part of that that's really critical is Go talk to your counselors, tell them how much you love them and how amazing they are, mm-hmm. and explain to them that if there is a conflict with a band and something else, the first move is not to email the student and parent. The first move is to email the band director and whoever the other person is to see if those two individuals can work out that situation without it getting to the point where the student has to make a choice. Yep. Because if the student has to make a choice, they may make an uninformed choice. Why is that? Because they're students, yep. you know. So that that's important. And, and for the schedules thing, and our counselors here are great. They they allow me to send them a spreadsheet of all of the kids in each band class. Um, but because they have to do it earlier than what we have auditions, right? They put all of the kids in whatever class, you know. And, but but they they are on the same page with me that they know mm. that like. This is all going to change. And, right. and we also educate our kids to know that, like, when they get their schedules in March and it says, oh, I'm in fourth band, you know, that, like, that's going to change when, yes. you, have your, when you have your audition. Because I think it was this year, and, and it, was, it was super smooth, but um, I got the, the list for all the classes, mm-hmm. and I, ha- I think I had 130 kids in fourth band. And like ten kids. That's in a each lot of, of kids. That's <laughs> yes. a lot of kids in four bands. All the other bands had like ten kids in them. Okay. And so you know we we knew that it was going to change. Right. Right. But um. But you had a process. You yes. knew you knew you're going to be working through. Whereas, right. I, I know personally, I've been in school districts before where I showed up and every part of my roster, every part of my band stuff was incorrect. Yeah. And and what what ended up happening was it was counselors that just didn't understand that. No no no. Just because there's an available band spot. We can't just put them in there. Like they have to, you have to tell them that. They have to be be on the same page there. Um, and it may be too that you need to clear that with your administration, having that discussion with them. But a lot of times, because we have so many students in our program, things like band, athletics, the larger student groups, they really tend to drive the scheduling. Sure. And so that we all need to be a unified front there as we are trying to get the kids scheduled in the classes that they've asked for. So, um, if you have a move-in, the counselors need to say, we can put you in a class now. You will need to audition for the band director 
and then they will be able to place you where you need to be placed. And, and that is, that is something that they need to know how to say. You can even type that up for them and give it to them and, you know, and, and then also have them encourage the student to give you a call, sure. shoot you an email to reach out. Um, so you can take care of those things. Uh, okay. Moving on final activity account balances and deposits. Please don't leave money in your desk over the summer. Just mm. don't do that. It's a bad idea. Um, get that wrapped up. Uh, most of the time when you have to check out, you have to sign off with the people on your campus that are responsible for that. So if you don't have that in place, put that on your list. Make sure all the money stuff is resolved before you leave and take your break yep. uh, or take your time away from school, quote, unquote. Um, so I, I know personally, for me, I always enjoy the process of cleaning, organizing, regrouping, reflecting myself like this is a group effort that we're talking about in terms of getting stuff done but I had some of this stuff I needed to do for myself personally and professionally as well they actually didn't have anything to do with my staff right yeah. so what as the lead of the program what is our focus what is our goals for the following year and as I start to develop those things who do I need to discuss that with I need to talk to my student leaders I need to talk to my staff I'm supposed to be somewhat of the architect of the direction of the vision of the, the things, but without my folks buy-in and consensus and direction at the same time, then I set myself up to run into some issues right off the bat from the very beginning. So where are your goals? You know, if you want to do mission statement, do mission statement, any of those things that you as the lead director need to do, Number one, you see your vision, you know what direction you want to lead, then get some input from everyone else because that can very well impact the priorities like in your mind versus where the priorities are for the rest of the people that you need their buy-in to get to where you want to get to. Does that sure. make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so for me, that was not only you know cleaning my office here, it was cleaning my home office. It was, okay, I'm going to finally wash my car, you know? Taking um, a shower. Yeah. Well, no, I usually had time to take a shower, but yeah. At the end of the year. Yes, exactly. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and so, so, but, but where are those areas? Because I, I know if you're like me, there was always a place where I got to the end of the year, and it, even if I sat for thirty minutes and didn't do anything, it was like this feels so odd. Yeah. I, I should be doing something, even if it was thinking about something. So it becomes um, almost not therapeutic because we get in this habit of thing after thing after thing after thing and then nothing. Yeah. So, okay, no. You know, like we've talked about before, uh, go wash your cars, get the car maintenance done, change your HVAC filters in your house. Uh, I mean, hey, check the HVAC filters in your office if you need to. Um, maybe that's a maintenance request you need to put in. Yeah. You know, all, all of those things where you can feel like you are – um, resolving the year and you are preparing to start new. And I think those, those for me personally, that was a big thing. For oh, me. absolutely. Yeah. I, um, for me, and I'm, I'm a list maker and we've, we, I've talked mm -hmm. about that in a yep. previous podcast as well, but, um, I, I make a list every single day and this time of year right now with the, the overall band list end of the year thing. It's like seven pages long. Isn't it? uh, well, it's seven pages long, but the last three days I haven't even had a chance to make my personal list oh, just because I'm just working on this other stuff, you know, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I, I feel like if I have this large list of stuff that I have to finish by this certain date, mm -hmm. then, you know, I, I know that I don't have to 
fit it all into the first week of summer. Definitely. But the more stuff that I can knock out before, yep. you know, graduation on May 31st, then the more the more I feel accomplished and like already ahead of the game going into next year. That's right. And and I know that's kind of our our struggle as band directors is to always be looking forward to the next thing like you're talking about. But um, you know, to stay prepared for what's coming up next, that's the and challenge. still have some some downtime. That that is the challenge, and you have to. And so, like what we're talking about doing is doing these things. So you really can step away for a while. You really can put the phone down. You really can not check email for a period of time. You know, right. um, but you're exactly right. Um, the other thing, you know, are your student leaders prepared? Do they have assignments over the summer? Are they supposed to be reaching out through their sections? Um, do you have that team selected? You know, do you know who those people are? Do they yeah. have specific priorities and, and things that they're supposed to do? Um, th that's something we need to do. Do you, if you're using text, do you have text hired for the following marching season? Cause those folks fill up fast. If you're trying to use text. private lesson teachers, private lesson teacher, that's exactly yeah. right. Um, if you're going to have a student teacher from a college, right? One of the, the most challenging things as a student teacher is coming in in the fall semester and just being thrown in to everything that's going on. So usually at this point in the year, we'll know if we're getting a student teacher and that needs to be our job to reach out to that young educator and go, okay, here's our schedule. Here's what we're going to do. Here's how you get in touch with me. Looking forward to have you. And, and you may even have them come out and meet the kids early just so they know sure. they're going to be with you for a semester. Yeah. And so, you know, again, show them, show them the right way to do that. Um, staff meeting. So I always like to get, um, thought processes from my staff members on what they felt went well and what they felt did not go well. And a lot of times we are in agreement on things that went well and did not go well. And because a lot of those, those things that did not go well are the things that cause us the most issues that cause the most of us to have to deal with something that we didn't particularly want to deal with. So where can we put processes in place to make sure that those things are resolved going forward. Right. Right. Again, just being reflective, but, but then also the other piece of that too is cause some, some bosses can be turd heads. Okay. They can, I know, I know you find that hard to believe Jason. I do. I do. But you really, as the lead director need to be able to hear input, even constructive criticism from your staff members about processes and procedures, because again, their perception is their perception. Their perception is reality and for them. And so you don't necessarily have to agree with it, but you better listen to it and you better understand where they're coming from because hidden inside of all those different perspectives can be the key to the problem that you haven't figured out how to solve yet. And, you know, again, that's part of not being the arrogant, egotistical, you know, non-humble jerk face that's like, what's my way or the highway? It's just a bad way to be, you right. know? Yep. Um, so do that, meet with your staff, give them the freedom to, to be honest with you. Um, and then, uh, set clinicians tentatively, set these guys in advance. Okay. They, they, most of the guys that are out there doing clinics have year long calendars. They're already doing judging assignments right now. Um, reach out and get these guys on your calendar, whoever you want to bring in, get them scheduled and, and do it tentatively. So it's like, okay, I know I'm going to have you in this evening. Maybe you don't have the specific date yet sure. or the specific time frame, but you have the date and you know, Hey, I'm going to want you there. That helps us out. And I'll tell you, you know, in my position, because I'm a fine arts director now and not driving a band program, I do have more opportunities to do things like that. But what is, is not cool in, in my mind is like, okay, um, I really want to go work with this group, but 
I can't. And if I had known a few weeks ago, rather than right now, I could have put that on my calendar instead of this, you know, whatever the, the thing is. And so those guys that are out there that are doing those jobs, they really want to help you help them out by just putting them on your calendar early, get yeah. that situated. And, and I will tell you now we've seen more and more of a, uh, situation of clinicians not being as available, judges not being as available as they have in the past. And a lot of that's because people are leaving the profession. Uh, yeah. A lot of people are retiring. And, and a lot of times people are like, you know what, I just need to step away from education. This is not a great environment right now. And, and, and I'm not trying to, certainly not trying to speak negative. I mean, your, your situation is what it is regardless. But what I'm trying to tell you is in the middle of in the throes of marching season, calling and reaching out to a clinician to schedule a clinician is not when you want to be doing that. You want to try and do that in advance if you can. Yeah. Um, go ahead. I want to take this time. Um, can I go ahead and book you for my birthday party? Yeah. When is your birthday? November 13th. Yeah, of course. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. All right, awesome. Yeah. But it's a $500 retainer. Oh my goodness. And then we'll, we'll discuss the fee. No. Uh, for, yeah. No, anyway. honorarium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, honorarium, that's right. <laughs> um, okay, so bus request. Do you know where you're going next year? Yes. You do. Do you have your football schedule yet? Yes. Do you know what time the games start? Yes. And you know what dates they're currently on? Yes. So you could do that in advance. You could do that right now. I'd rather just sit here. And, yeah. No, <laughs> no, you're, right. no, you're right. Yeah. You're right. I can do, yeah, I can go ahead and put those things you in. Could, you could do it in advance. You could talk to your transportation director, and you go, even if you don't know exactly the, the correct time frame, you could go, um, I know I'm going to want to be here by six, six fifteen, six thirty. I want to be in the stadium by this time. What time do we need to leave? And then you set it up that way. And then if you need to make a change, you can, but now you're changing a bus request that's already been in and received and scheduled, not changing a bus request that hasn't been received, hasn't been scheduled. And oh my gosh, we don't even have a bus. We're not even worried about being able to get there on time because we can't, we can't leave. We don't have a driver. We don't right. have a bus, you know? So if you can, can get that stuff done in advance, all the better. Close out your budget, um, your administration. That's another thing that'll make you they'll make you do that because the budget will reset. Um, whatever you don't spend, will go into other projects or go back in the fund balance, and then uh, you'll be allocated new funding for the the next year. And they'll tell you when to do that. You got something on that? No, I was just going to say, um, you know, go ahead and put in your supply order for mallets and sticks yes. and all of that stuff. Yeah, and and a lot of that too depends on where it's coming out of. Like if you're doing that, as if that's a budget budget item then you definitely need to get that, get that done now because for two reasons. Number one, that money's going to go away. Number two is um, lead times on getting equipment in right now is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Um, but also activity accounts, which we talked about earlier, you know, those those pretty much, you know, roll into the next year. That's the budget is budget and activity is activity. So you just need to make sure you know you're planning appropriately where you're pulling money from. And, and then also super critical when you're doing these supply orders, whether it's sticks or drum heads or T-shirts or whatever it is that you're doing, you communicate with these vendors really well. And, and you know, because a lot of them are saying, we're going to do our best, but we can't guarantee anything right now. Right. And so you just need to really, really make sure that if that's the case, that whatever the expectations are in terms of purchasing, delivery, invoicing, and when you need it for use, everybody's on the same page. Uh, otherwise, that can really cause you some problems, uh, as you can imagine. So, oh, yeah. All right. So check uniforms and order more if needed. So what are we checking on uniforms? What do we want to make sure? Make sure they're all in good shape and that you've got sizes for everybody. You know, And that's, that's something that I was freaking out about, like the first time that we um, – the first the first year I was taken over, yeah. right? Um, because it was COVID year, and we were That's looking right. at like two hundred and thirty something in the band. Mm -hmm. Now we didn't end up with that in the marching band, right? But 
you know, I think we only have we have two hundred and fifty uniforms. We have two hundred and fifty uniforms. Yeah. Now. yeah. And so and our guard wasn't huge out of that two thirty. Right. Uh, so I was worried about having uniforms to fit everybody. Right. right. Um, and, and the turnaround time on those are not awesome either. If you find that out in August. Yeah. Well, and they weren't, they weren't awesome before COVID on that. I right. mean, it, you know, and, and again, you know, a lot of the, there's not a, a huge number of uniform manufacturers out there. So if you're trying to get something that looks exactly like what you have, you have to go with that same vendor. Number one. And number two, even if you do that, it's likely due to wear and tear, dye lots and those types of things it may not look exactly the same so you know and and of course i know right now we're all making this big push to go to show specific uniforms and that's cool and that's fine but but it is whatever some of us don't do that some of the smaller school guys or schools where budget is a huge limitation um you need to double check your uniforms make sure buttons are where they're supposed to be zippers work um you know bibbers are you know if if there's a hemming process that has to occur um, you know, when are, when are these things being checked out? Do you have enough? Are they organized? Are they sorted? Or is it just a big hot mess? You right. know, so, uh, and again, that's something your kiddos can help you out with. So, uh, okay, moving on. Marching grid, repaint or address issues. So, depending on where your field is, um, you know, how old is the paint on the field if it's concrete? If it's grass, who, who stripes the field? Um, when does that get done? How does it get done? Um, are you responsible for that? Is there a scheduling? What do you need to do so that when you start your marching fundamentals, your grid is where it needs to be? And not only that, having been on a grass field myself before, do you need to schedule time in to come up and just zip paint over it so that your kids have a great classroom every time they go outside? Sure. You know, um, just check that. If their markings are incorrect, this is also a great time to talk to your maintenance guys and go, Hey, is there something we can do to fix this? You know, yeah. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, of errors on concrete from a paint standpoint that a power washer will fix. Right. And so, you know, but, but again, you're trying to set yourself up to be able to just simply come in, be with your kids, teach and, and do music education, not come in and be frustrated because, um, you know, whoever was, striping the 50 yard line decided that they were just going to waggle a little bit as they went up the line. And now all of a sudden we have, you know, this lovely little curve. So, um, ordering gear and supplies. We already talked about that. Um, depending on like, sh like show shirts. Yeah, it could stuff. be, could yeah. be show shirts, but it also could be things like, um, you know, we use, um, the Home Depot nail aprons for the kids to hold things in while they're marching. Uh, some, some groups use fanny packs, um, I'll tell you another one, uh, we use paint sticks for marking drill sets and again, paint, you know, back during the pandemic, that was a challenge to get those things. So yeah. expect things to take a lot longer to get here. Go ahead and get them on order figure out how you're going to do that. Um, summer band camps, uh, in a lot of cases you want to make your summer band camps available for, uh, your kids to go to, uh, you know, different colleges, not, not what you would hold on your own, your own school, but like, you know, we've got the one that's over here at Texas A&M Commerce, and I know UNT's got one, Tech has one, and there's a lot of these, make these available to your students and let them know these are opportunities for you to play your horn over the summer, and a lot of times boosters will sponsor scholarships for that, you know, just depending right. on the situation, so um, drum major camps, drum major camps right, yeah. um, and then Within those summer camps, you as a director, do you need to schedule on your calendar any showcases that are a part of those camps or times where you are actually the one traveling and taking the kids there? 
Do you need to stay there with the kids? You know, those things um, need to need to be taken a look at. Um, the other thing, too, is a lot of people have gone to the format of I'm not going to t- send my kids to camp. I'm going to bring somebody in and have them work with them in house. That's, the, you know, there's not necessarily a right or wrong answer there. It's just a matter of getting it set up and getting it ready. Um, and so, so yeah, so that's pretty much the general basics of things we're looking at as we get into the next year. One thing I did want to mention too, on your, your sticks and supplies, we're also talking about drum heads, marching drum heads and, you know, head directors, please listen to your percussion directors when they tell you the heads are worn out. They may, they may look fine. You may think they sound fine. When the percussionist says the head is dead and it's not working anymore, change the head. Buy them new heads. The end. Um, now, if that's obviously not the case if your percussion director is not having the students take care of the instruments. But if you know that everything is being cared for appropriately, then spend the money. Yeah. Trust me. Spend the money and, and get those kids playing on quality things. It just um, sounds like bang, 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 bang. Right, exactly. And, and <laughs> it's, that, it's that level of ear discernment that we need to try to uh, recognize that we don't have uh, right. as, as brass players or woodwind players, right? <laughs> okay, so uh, anything else on general basics, Jason? Um, before, like, before summer band, the only other things that I had on here is, um, you know, well, and, and it's stuff for on, on my list right now. We've got a few students that are still going to state solo and ensemble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so making sure that we have all the arrangements for that. Um, we have a band trip coming up this summer to Orlando. Um, and so making mm-hmm. sure that we have all of the medication yeah, we'll and all Mickey. of that stuff going, parent meeting and all of that was in our last podcast, of course. Yeah, we just um, did a, p- a parent meeting two nights ago, didn't right, we? Right, exactly. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, wait, and then but did you f- did you find yourself going? Wait a minute, have I said this before? Oh wait, no, that was on the podcast. Yes, because I did. I was like, wait a minute, right. did I cover this already? That was that was a weird moment. Yes. Anyway, keep going. Sorry. Um, uh, make sure that you copied and handed out as much of the marching band music as you possibly can before right. you send the kids home. Meaning, meaning we are in compliance with copyright if we are copying things and absolutely, you know, yes. doing doing all those things appropriately within the composer and the arrangers and the publishers wishes right that's one of the things you want to make sure that you do uh what else um schedule your leadership camp schedule your summer band make sure all of that stuff's taken care of and the kids know the times and the places and when they're supposed to be up there make sure that the parents are all good on all of that um now what about what about getting your um your eighth grade parents where they're coming up to be freshmen what about making sure that their contact information is now in your system and that you have access to them yes yes we we we're lucky enough to do that uh, the last several years on registration Saturday. We have one in May where we have all the students come up there. And then, you know, if you miss like 10 or 15 kids here or there, then you're able to catch them before the end of the school year and get all of their information and make sure that everything's updated and you can start sending out emails. Right. We're in the process right now. I think that um, we've got everybody's email. We've got everybody's contact info, but there's a couple of typos here and there. And so we get to go and iron those out when we get undeliverable emails right, right. back. But, um, but no, that goes pretty smooth. Um, it allows you to reach out over the course of the whole summer. And if some parents are not emailing you back or answering in Google mm-hmm. forms, you can have their phone numbers to call them and make sure that they're getting all of the stuff that you're sending out. Right. Right. And that's, that's the biggest thing too, is like we, we make the best effort to communicate, but at the end of the day, we simply need to be able to show where we communicated because if we end up with a student who doesn't come to summer band and doesn't have a spot in the show and their parents are mad because, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that. You know, we scheduled this cruise and okay. Like what are we supposed to do? Are we supposed yeah. to allow your student 
that knew that we had this thing to be in the show. And then these other kids were here and they didn't get to go on a cruise. They were here and we're supposed to just like let them. And and that, that's, that puts us in a really bad place. So you just need to be really specific with your, especially your, your kiddos that are new to marching band and new to the expectation. They need to know pretty well in advance of now what you expect out of them in terms of attendance and, and being here. You don't want to, you don't want to explain to the parents after they've bought the uniform that's right. that they're going to be in the alternate line or they're going to be in the production crew or something. Or wherever and they didn't be. even know yeah. that existed until, exactly. you know, September. Yeah. Right. Um, the only other stuff that I have as far as making sure that you've started the process and you're ordering it uh, before we get into show design is um, your props. Make sure that you've got somebody if like Mr. Nance, props, if you're using yeah. props, that we, we know kind of what the design is going to be. Um, and then silks. Sure. Silks. Make sure that that those are those are kind of like on on the same mm-hmm. same lines Everybody's as our taking a lot of time yep, to get here. uniforms right. and and all that stuff. Um, and then the only other stuff that I have, I guess, bef- um, that's kind of backtracking. I know jumping around a little bit here mm-hmm. is um, you know last week for the seniors to be at school. Yeah, we um, you know I, I I like to pull the seniors in and talk to them about life after high school a little bit. And because just, there is, in fact, life after high school. There is, yes. yes. And just, you know, kind of have a real conversation with them about how, you know, what to expect and and let them know that, you know, they're always welcome back here and, and let them know that um, you're always going to be there for them as well. Yeah. Um, but it's just kind of like the wrapping up of the year kind of stuff, and you know, that goes with graduation and goes with, yes. with checking in all their horns and saying bye for a couple of and, months. And I'll, I will say this, too. I think that's really important that you, you do some level of talking about life after high school with your seniors. Um, now, granted, some of them are not going to be in a place to hear what you have to say. Some of them are going to be like, I hate you so much. I hate this school. This is stupid. <laughs> the senioritis thing, right? Sure. So, But but here's, here's where I always was with that is – I know that if I've shared this information with them, that someone in their life has, right? Sure. Then, then I know somebody told them. And so talking about things like, you know, money management, car maintenance, um, credit, mortgages, all of those things that typically they don't get a lot into when it comes to school. And so the way they get indoctrinated into that system is – is is largely dependent on how trustworthy their mortgage officer is or you know the how closely they read their credit card agreement when they get one and because we know they're going to get one and so but it's just getting yourself to a place where you're not um making poor decisions because you were ignorant of the process because no one ever shared that with you and and that's also challenging too because a lot of the way we learn now is we sit and we get Meaning we're sitting in a class and somebody gives us information and then we're just supposed to, you know, absorb it. Whereas, you know, if we've got students that are super interested in whatever the next video game is, they're going to go research that. They're going to know the designer name. They're going to know, you know, who is funding it. They're going to know what platforms it's going to come out on. They're going to know all of that stuff because why? Because it's relevant to them and they're interested in it. So. So having those discussions and, and bringing them into the real world a little bit, I think is really good. I think that's a really smart move. Sure. Um, I think, too, as you're, you're looking at website and social media um, over the summer, I think that's really important to be kept up so that yeah. people know, um, you know, your, your, uh, your younger kids, where do I go to get information? 
right? Where do I go to get information and, and when are you going to update? And so are you keeping a remind running all summer? Are you, how are you communicating? And then that way they know to check it, you know? Um, and then again, you, you give them that, um, calendar of summer events. Cause you may have like, for example, you may have like open band hall days, right. uh, where, you know, the instruments come back from the repair shop and you're checking out instruments. And we did, um, I think it was, it was Emily's senior year, the summer before we had kids just come up leadership and anybody else that wanted to come up mm-hmm. just a couple of days. And we just read some new stand tunes just to play. Yeah. And, and it was a lot of fun. We were there for a couple of hours, no big deal. You and know. we're going to have, we're going to have private lessons this summer. And that's on awesome. Too. One day a yeah. week as well. Yeah, so so I think um, you know, making sure that the kids have all of this information, um, not only about the summer, but also what does your yearly schedule look like for next year? What are you going to do? Right? Sure. Um, when are these rehearsals going to be? Uh, parents, again, do they understand the expectations? Yep. And do the students understand the expectations? Um, let's see. I, you know, something a lot of groups do is they they like to take their kids to a drum corps show, which is awesome. Um, but go ahead and buy those tickets. Go ahead and make those plans. Yep. Um, if you're using a charter bus to get there, you need to reach out to your charter bus company and make sure there's bus availability. You yeah. know, those types of things. There, there's there's a number of new little issues and challenges that we don't normally have as we approach a new school year and marching season. Um, coupled with you know, it's buses, but it's also fuel charges. It's also the cost of everything in general is going up. Okay. So just, again, be be taking a look at that. So um, what else about what the kids need? Um, Well, this kind of goes with what you were talking about earlier, but uh, about scheduling time for yourself. Yeah. But as you're scheduling, like, DCI trips and you're (laughs) scheduling for practice days and all that stuff, you know, schedule yourself a vacation. That's a good idea. Even if it's just a vacation away from band. Yeah, um, and, and, and a lot of you are probably thinking to yourself, I don't even make enough money to schedule myself a vacation. Listen. Believe me, having been there and done that and, and understanding how that whole process works, you don't have to necessarily spend a lot of money to go have a vacation. You don't have to go to a resort. You don't have to go to Cancun. You don't have to do any of those things. Really what we're talking about is getting away from work, reconnecting with your family, remembering who you are because quite honestly in this job it's easy to get lost it really is sure because of the number of hats and things that we wear so you know maybe that's you take a weekend and go and and hang out in a bed and breakfast somewhere um you know the tourist the tourism industry right now is is a, a huge challenge yes things are more expensive and i get that but i mean there are creative ways to go have a vacation where you can still you know have the time away from school be with your family have um some moments to just rest to just rest and recharge because we know once we hit the end of july it's it's a mad dash until christmas oh yeah you know um so anything else on that no that's it okay let's let's zoom through some band booster things real quick to check here at the end of the, the year and then we'll get into the show stuff okay all right so band booster things um by now we should have elected new officers that should be a thing um, you need to decide, you know, bylaws should be revisited on a pretty regular ba- basis, probably every couple of years, just to make sure that everything that you're doing is lining up with what's in the document that governs your existence, especially if you're a 501c3 entity and you have to have those things. Um, but the signature card at the bank, like you don't want to get into a situation in the summer where my new treasurer, my new officers have not signed the new signature card at the bank. So we actually legally cannot write a check because the people that are 
um, you know, signing, yes, they're on the signature card, but they're no longer officers. Right. So that becomes a problem. Um, I think it's important to consider a budget to work with for the next year and your estimated expenses. So you're considering what you're starting the year with, what you anticipate making in terms of funding, what you're going to use that stuff for, and then, um, you know, execute that to the best of your ability. It's not going to be like a school budget where we just don't overspend. It's going to be a situation where if we have to go beyond the budgeted item, everybody just has to be on the same page and understands here's the reason. Can we approve this? Boom, we move on, right? Yep. Um, booster meeting calendar, I would go ahead and set that as well so you know when the booster meetings are going to be. I also think it's a great idea to do a big parent meeting with everybody at the start of the season. No matter what year you start, you're always going to have something new and different and that was not the same as last year, whether it's a change to an extracurricular code of conduct, whether it's a dress code change, whether it's a, a funding change, whether it's a calendar change. We, you know, Every year we seem to deal with something new. So it's important to get everybody on the same page there. Um, and, and so have that, that, that meeting, but then also tell them about the importance of them staying plugged in and being at those, those band booster meetings. Um, you know, cause, and, and what ends up happening a lot of times is we have a very, very few dedicated group of parents that are at all the meetings. And then we have a bunch of other parents that they're dedicated as well. They just don't like meetings. And, and they will come out of the woodworks. Like when we run our marching contest, like we'll have parents that we don't regularly see just show up and work for that. They love doing it. Sure. You know, um, so, but make sure they feel welcome. Uh, make sure the boosters understand, especially the officers, their role is to make parents feel welcome, you mm -hmm. know. Um, and, and a good plan to, to, to get more participation with regards to like parent help uh, would be to have a required parent meeting at the beginning of your season. Right. Because then all the parents are going to be there. And when they get to see you, it's different than getting an email or a phone oh, call yes. or yeah. seeing you address the band and everything. They get to see you and talk to you, ask questions and, and things like that. And it, and it gives them a role to play as well. Yeah. Well, and it also gives them a little insight into who you are as an individual. Sure. Right. Because all they're hearing is what their kids are bringing home. Right. And so, you know, that, that, that's another thing too, is it's important to, develop those relationships not only with booster parents but just parents in general make sure they understand that you're there for their kids um and that it is a collaborative event here that we're doing it's it's not ever going to be a situation where parents we don't need you that's never a thing you know right. um so so where you can build those relationships i think is really really important um i think also when you have your first booster meeting i think it's important to revolt or review the roles um you know, what does a band booster do? What does a director do? And, and make sure we understand the balance of power there. Um, obviously, band directors don't need to have any check signing abilities. You guys don't need to be in the money at all. It just don't do it. It's a legal issue, as we talked about before. Boosters need to be in an advocacy role. And so the directors need to put the boosters in a place where whatever the directors are asking for, the boosters can see logically the reason for it and the path to it. And, and, and that's kind of that, you know, circular relationship that we have um the things that are the boosters to decide let the boosters decide the things that are impacting the program that is absolutely a director decision in terms of what direction to go now the boosters still have to agree to fund the money the director doesn't have any say in that right? right so if you're asking for something for your, from your booster club your boosters need to know you as someone that is extremely well prepared that gives them all of the transparent information you as a director have an expectation of financial reports being correct minutes being correct 
everything happens and functions the way it's supposed to according to your bylaws. Because, and, and, and I will tell you this, it is very, very easy to get out of alignment with your bylaws. It's very, very easy. A lot of times what happens is we forget what the bylaws say, we make a motion, we vote, and we don't even realize what we've done. So it's really, really important that we all understand our roles and that we're there for the kids. And, you know, the director, they're going to agree to not make any dumb requests like, oh, we need a, you know, recliner for each director and it's going to cost this much money. And I can't believe you won't approve that. Right. But then we also need for the parents to understand that their role is that of support, encouragement, being a good model adult while the kids are around. That's what their role is. Yeah. And, and we all have to honor both roles. And, and if we don't, that's when things get sideways very, very quickly. So I'm, I'm harping on that just a little bit because if you're not doing things that way, if you're not thinking about your role as a director versus a booster's role, you need to revisit that. You need to have a conversation with them, explain. They need to know transparently where you're coming from as a director and what you want. And you need to understand that they are there to support the students. I didn't say support you. Right. Okay. I think you're using this platform right now to to explain to me why uh, <laughs> you and the boosters and everybody's against me having a golf cart. <laughs> oh, man. Was it that transparent? Yes. It was pretty no, transparent. No, but you got a golf cart, though. I did get a golf you, cart. Yeah, yeah. You did. I can't, I can't fit in it, though. It's only like. Just lose some weight. You'll be like fine. Five inches tall. Oh, that's okay. right. It was a toy golf cart. I forgot <laughs> okay. about that. So, but, but no, in all seriousness, um, a lot of times where uh, we struggle with boosters is parents don't understand where we're coming from, and we are not good at explaining it. Yeah. And there's, n there's no transparency, and it automatically looks like we're just trying to throw something by them. And, and, and that very well, I mean, it could be that. And if you're doing that, then that's dumb. That's bad. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, but but if, if you're just, you know, if you will just work those relationships so that they know you're there for the kids. Now, if you're trying to put forth something that is correct and is good and needs to happen and you're getting a lot of pushback from the boosters, then you need to go see your administrators and let them ad address that with you. That's not something where, and I know I've, I've heard band directors say this before, oh, you know, I'm the leader of the band, okay, fine, you are. But when it all comes down to who's in charge of that booster stuff, the superintendent is actually the individual who is over and can make decisions and adjustments based on that. It is not you as the band director. And some of you are like, well, no, it says or his designee. I can assure you, I don't know a superintendent out there that's going to tell the band director, yeah, go ahead and dissolve the booster club. It's fine. <laughs> okay. So don't do that. Just know where you are. Be, be smart about what you're asking for. Um, do the budget, communicate well, all those things, um, you know, and, and, and it'll, it'll go a lot better for you. It really, really will. Absolutely. Um, even if you're asking for a golf cart, which, which again, I, uh, I did not say that you couldn't have a golf cart. I said, you, I wasn't going to buy you one. Yeah. So, well, my wife won't buy me one either. Well, <laughs> I always thought like she was a smart lady. Okay. So anyway, um, let's, let's move on. And the last thing on, on boosters, if you're going to have them provide anything during summer bands, snacks, those types of things, how are those things being paid for? What's the schedule? Who's doing it? And then make sure you know that because, when your summer schedule goes out, if you're taking breaks in the middle of your marching block or visual block or music block or whatever, where are the popsicles? Where are the watermelon? What's what's happening? Cookie it, dough. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> cookie dough. Yes, the, that, yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. Yeah, if, if you're having cookie dough snacks, then please invite us. But um, but those types of things, get them on the calendar and so that you know. And that way your staff knows, too. 
Um, staff's, staff's always funny because they're usually the first ones over to you, the <laughs> right. snacks. It's, it's great. Uh, so, okay, so that's, um, that's a big bunch of reminders. Um, and, and some of you might be thinking, okay, yeah, but what about this? There may be a what about this, okay? This is what Jason and I went that we sat, sat down and went through this and really tried to hit all of the angles. But there's so many that there very well may be other things that you do that are specific to your program, sure. your kids, that are above and beyond what we're talking about. But what I will say is if you do these things, you will have a much better time next year if you'll go ahead and, and take a look at this. All right, now let's get into the really fun stuff. We're going to talk about show designers. Sweet. Music and drill. Okay, so music. Um, first of all, this, <laughs> this portion is not targeted or aimed at any particular designer. Um, because they are not here to defend themselves, okay? Um, but, but there are a number of things that tend to happen over the course of a band director's career when it comes to designers, okay? Um, and, and I'll just list a few of those off really quickly. So one of the things that happens as a band director is a lot of times we don't communicate very well. Or if we are communicating, we're communicating in such a way that leads the designer to feel like they have a better grasp of what we want than what we do which really causes some issues. And then the designer might start using words that we've heard before, but we don't really know what they mean. And they just, we just agree. Oh yeah, that sounds great. And yeah. so the designer walks away from the table with a completely different perception. And then we get the product in and it's like, Oh my gosh, what, what? So all that said, um, you, you have to remember that the more you communicate with your designer, whoever that person is that you're using about things that you don't want, the better this is going to go. Yes, communicate some things that you do want, sure. But like for me, for example, I never wanted a circle in my drill, ever. I never wanted that, okay? <laughs> and and I've even had a situation where I communicated I didn't want that, and I got it anyway. Absolutely, yes. And, and, that's, and, the, that's the worst part. Yes, yes. And so, so the hard part about this is when we get these products in, and, and I'm going to – I will say this. First of all, a designer – you are paying them for their expertise and you're paying them for the aesthetics and the flow and the creativity stuff, like all the things, right? That's what you're paying them for. However, what's interesting about this is in the summertime, when these designers are writing, they're doing a lot of aesthetic-ing and creativity-ing and writing and staying up really late at nighting and just burning the candle at 12 different ends. Yeah. So, you know, the, the big thing is understanding that when you communicate what you need from the designer, you need to be very, very specific, very specific. And it doesn't need to be 200 pages long. Okay. Correct. So that's, that's the other side of it is you, you can, you can over communicate parameters, boxing your designer in to not being able to deliver anything because you don't want X, Y, and Z. So there's that side of it too. Right. Oh yeah. So anyway, um, what I, I want to make sure that we understand is, number one, our responsibility as a director is to communicate needs, strengths, weaknesses, et cetera, of the program, and to make sure the designer has a clear understanding of that, okay? Yeah. The designer's job is to make sure that they also have a clear understanding of all those things, mm -hmm. and they have a path forward, they know what the expectations are, and then we work together well, we end up with a product that we can live with. Yes. Right? Now, how often does that typically happen? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I guess I haven't been teaching long enough. 
Yeah, I'm having a I'm having a really good time this year. I will Are say you? that with with um, with our design team. Mm-hmm. However, um, what you know, and I'm sure you could speak to the same thing because pretty much every band director can. I've had. I've had designers where I had so little experience in yes. the process yes. that I just accepted everything as is right. and then ended up with so much to like work through that was not going to work anyways. Correct. Right. Correct. Um, and then I've, I've worked with designers that I was, I was given a very collaborative role yes. with and able to, you know, help, you know, come up with the, whatever the show was going to be right. And, right. And, and all of that stuff. And at times what we, what I thought might be, oh, this is going to be a great idea, and they're mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, it's going to be a great idea, and then they, <laughs> and then we're it's on the field, and it doesn't really translate right. to like what you it's, were it's not envisioning, a good idea. right? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, because I'm not a show designer, um, right? And yeah, and, and, and so I completely either, understand that. Well, and and that's weird too because you get into a situation where either the designer thinks that they're such a monster that they can just go ahead and make that work. Or the designer doesn't want to tell you that's a bad idea. Right. Right. Yep. And so, and unfortunately we as a not, not creative guys, we kind of need that information, yes. you know? Um, now there, there are certain things that I, I never wanted my students to have to deal with, with regard to design. Um, you know, things like circles and drills. I didn't like that. Um, I also don't like having the battery staged, you know, 800 yards away from the rest of the winds. Yeah. Um, th- there's, there's a number of different things that, I were specific to me in a style, but there are also some creative liberties where I was like, okay, we can try that. Yeah. If it doesn't work, I'm going to change it, but we can try that, you know? Um, so, okay. So, so I, yeah. Lastly, and, and this is what I'm, I'm learning as I'm into the head director role again in my career, um, that I, I want to be on a design team where I either trust completely in the designer and the process or, um, am given, a you know a head director role yes. with it with the sense that like these you know, are what this is the things we need from you right. right these are the things we need from you and you know if if i ask for no circles and you give me 15 circles then i'm gonna blow your house up i'm gonna ask you to change it. yes exactly right and then and when i ask you to change it you know don't act like i didn't just tell you this from the very like beginning. i just shot your dog right exactly yes yes so yes. and that's and that's another thing that's super frustrating too is you know, when, when you can go back and point to an email that says, okay, if you'll go back and reference this email on this date, where if you'll check item number four, and, and the, the conversation goes like this, I go, well, I saw that, but your show coordinator said that he wanted this, so that's what I did. And I'm like, wait a minute. No. Like, like you know, th- that that is not work. So the, the, the whole point in getting into these crazy stories is, we all need to know our roles. It's no different than the booster and director role we talked about a second ago. What is your role in the design process? Sure. What is it? What What do you need? Okay, so for me, it was always I need to know when I open the music up, okay, um, all the measures were going to match between the winds and the battery and the front ensemble. <laughs> I need to know that. Yes. That's important to me. I need to know that if there are errors in the score that I have an opportunity to look at that and find those before we get into it. And if I do find one that my designer is going to fix it within 24 hours. Sure. I I need to know that now, if it's a big, huge major error, or if I have um, lost sight of my students abilities and it's too hard, 
and I need them to rewrite it, then I have to give them appropriate time to do that. Of right? course. So, but anyway, you know what? Let's let's dive into the music side anyway, just because that's kind of the direction I went. Some of this is just stream of consciousness because we've had so many amazing, um, let's call them experiences with designers yes. over the years. Okay. So um, have we been clear in our communication of strengths and weaknesses and expectations with regard to our music? So what are we talking about there? We're talking about notes, rhythms, notes, ranges. Right, we, ranges. We should have some, right? Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're talking about that. We're talking. What about depth of parts? So, yeah. do we do we want just a, a baseline and a melody and some chord structure, or do we want you know there's a counter moving line to the melodic line to make it more interesting? I mean, to have something else to hear. Right. Of course, we yeah. want the music to be interesting. So, like you know, if it's just a boring melody, just sitting there yes. for you know two and a half minutes. Right. You know, you definitely want this underlying part. However, I, and I know that we have some some smaller schools yes. with some smaller bands and sure. stuff. And you may not want to have all of these sections Correct. split, like a flute one, a flute two, exactly. clarinet one, clarinet two, three, and exactly. so on and so forth. Um, so just taking all of that into account and understanding what you're going to be able to pull off on the field. Because yes. I mean, we'd love to, you know, give the same instrumentation as we would like, you know, a exactly. Sousa March or a Granger piece or something, but you're not going to march right. all of those and instruments and hear all those parts. And, and I will say there's a lot of guys out there that do a great job with the small school arranging because it's not that the students don't have the ability to play more complex things. It's that the instrumentation doesn't lend itself to scoring and orchestrating those things the way that, you know, the big school guys can. We just, they, don't, they don't have the, the equipment. They don't have the, the uh, student numbers. Um, and a lot of times they don't have um, um, the, uh, the, the actual uh, sound design equipment, mics, et cetera, to be able to bring those concepts forward, sure. you know? And so that, that, that's something else you need to think about. Um, I, I think too, um, soloists, ensembles, are you gonna have solo and ensemble moments in your music? And now if, if it's something that's already been, been done and you're having it rearranged or you're just playing a stock show, then obviously you can see that right there on the fly, oh, right? Yeah. But like if you have weak flute players and it starts with a flute solo and you're like, okay, I'm gonna use this to help grow this one flute player. Typically, a solo does not grow a flute player if it's 8, 12, 16 bars long. Right. That just doesn't work. So what you may end up doing instead of being like, oh, that's an amazing flute solo, is you may end up fighting with that solo all the way through the season rather than going, okay, well, I know that is a strength or a weakness rather that I need to work on, but that's not something that, that – that's not an individual student weakness. That is a my section is not where it needs to be. So that's an opportunity to not feature a section or a soloist in that section. Right. Like, be smart about that, you know. Um, sometimes the designer will go, well, I really feel like this needs an alto saxophone solo. Well, okay, I don't. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. can we put it in horn? Can we do something else, you know? And th there has to be that back-and-forth play judgment, you know, because the designer, in a lot, of, a lot of ways, they may see a, a tape, they may see, you know, a video of the band, but they're not going to know – how the students respond and work with the director unless they're there and watching it happen. Sure. So what you never know as a designer is the dynamic between the director and the students and how they really rehearse things. Because as the designer, you may be thinking, you know what, if I were there, I could make that work. But for some reason, this director's not getting it done. But you can't go, hey, what, are you, are you just not get that? I'm, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and that's a weird place for the designers to be in, too. Um, that, that's a challenge. So yeah, where you can have that, that open, honest communication about what are the needs of the ensemble. Now, now some of you might be in team, well, I just pick something I like. I just listen and I pick something I like. Okay. I would like to challenge you, if that's where you are, t 
totally understand that. Been there myself before. Take that to a new level and start looking at things like where are the problem notes in this arrangement? What are the things my students range-wise are going to struggle with? Is this show the appropriate length? Is it too short? Is it going to challenge my kids? Am I just trying to make a first division? What am I doing here? You know, yeah. have something other than I like this music, so let's do it. Right. And and you just you just touched on it for just a second. The length of the show. Uh-huh. Um, when you're getting your show in, think about like if if it's a seven and a half minute show. Yes. But the tempos are like one sixty five, one seventy, <laughs> like for three quarters of the show. That's right. And you're going to be pushing it to get there, and you're going to be at one forty. That's now all of a sudden your show is like seven minutes and 55 seconds. That's exactly right. Um, so just be careful with that because that's that's the part where you can get in trouble. And, I mean, of course, you can, like, you know, start the show before the time starts and all yeah, that kind but, of stuff. Yeah, but, again, but, if you're going through the trouble of hiring a designer to design, then allow them to design, right? Yeah. And allow the, the pre-show, if there is one, to be that. And, and if it's not, then don't start the show early because you're worried about the time, the timing, you right. know. Um, and, unless you just have to. I mean, that is something you can do. Um, battery and front ensemble writing, this is a problem a lot. Um, you know, and most of the time what ends up happening is battery, your battery book, your front ensemble book is written by a percussion person who maybe he's on your staff or maybe he's a contractor of your wind arranger or maybe he's an associate of yours that you know. And so now we, we've got the wind arranger and we've got the band staff and now we're going to input the percussion arranger on top of all of this. And so if there's not a really good grasp from the percussion designer of what the winds are supposed to be doing, what we're trying to bring forward, then um, that will result in parts being written really poorly and over the top of what the winds have. Right. And, and, and that's the thing is there are times, believe it or not, and I, I, I hear this all the time, percussion guys get really frustrated about, you know, UIL judges talking about the percussion being too loud. And I will readily admit, I, I don't like that either when percussion is too loud. But at times, um, I know for me, when I make that comment, it has to do with the fact that I can hear the percussion. I can hear them quite well. It's way over the top of what the winds are doing. So there's no, there's no cohesive ensemble sound at all, you know. And so understand that, you know, a percussion world is the percussion world. When you take the percussion world and you enter into the wind world with the percussion world, there have to be considerations made there. And if you don't make them, then you end up with comments like that. Now, that's not to say there's not guys out there judging that don't understand or grasp what it is that you're trying to do and they don't understand or grasp the level of difficulty that the percussion is putting forward which is one of the reasons why they've tried to re- revamp the judging system and we've started to look harder at those things um which we should have been doing all along right but the the big thing you have to understand is is the writing tasteful does it go with what's happening in the show it does does it fit? Does it work? Does it feel good? Or as you sit there and listen and you hear these splashes or these booms or these whatevers. Bangs. Bangs, yeah, sorry. Uh, if if you hear all of those things, is it awkward to you? Like can you can you can you go, okay, I don't really like the way that sounds. A lot of people go, I don't like the way that sounds, and their their solution to that is it just needs to be softer. And that's not necessarily what the solution needs to be. It may need to be a different type of sound. It may be a, di- need to be a different technique or different approach to playing that particular instrument. You know, sure. it very well may be that it's too loud. Uh, but but yeah. again, it's not just, well, I'm just too loud. But is the writing such where the students can, the percussion kids, can play musically? Or is it just a big bag of notes that's like, well, let's see how many notes we can ram in between these two bar lines. 
Right. And, and yes, is it cool? Sure, it's cool. But it's not cool when you're doing a contest and we can't hear the winds. Not cool at all. Yeah. So, so have those discussions up front. And then, you know, whoever des- your designer is on the percussion side, listen to their stuff. Listen to their stuff. Is it tasteful? Does it work well with the music? Or is it just like, hey, here's a spot? And then have a conversation with them about it and go, so in this particular show that you did, I heard this moment of just, you know, ridiculous running quickly, sextuplets just going right through the baseline. Okay, did you mean to write that? Or was that an expectation of the director? The director maybe wanted it that. And that's what you never really know. So what you really have to do is have these conversations with these guys, get to know them, and try to wrap your brain around what their expectations are of what your kids can do. Sure. And a lot of a lot of times the way they write, get, I, I'm, I know I'm rambling a little bit, I'm sorry, but a lot of times the way they write is is a direct reflection of the information that you have presented them with. And, and then the other thing, too, is a lot of percussion arrangers will write tasteful things, and the percussion guys come back and go, this needs to be harder. And they're going, no, it doesn't. Yeah. You just need to play it clean. Right. It does not need to be more difficult. As soon as you can play, measure one to the end, perfectly clean with all the appropriate markings at all the correct heights and levels and all that, then we'll talk about making it more difficult. Right. But if you can't do yeah. that, oh my goodness, get out of my face. Yep. You know, um, but th- but there are directors that feel like, well, no, the battery's got to be more challenged right there. No, no, they don't. They do not. It needs to be tasteful. It needs to be well written for the ensemble. It needs to fit the students not only what they can do, but it needs to push them a little bit. It does need to push them a little bit. So, and again, if you want to disagree with me on that, that's okay. Uh, but but that's no, that's kind of my. I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah, they can be challenged with all the um, ridiculous battery parts and the yeah. stand tunes exactly that nobody yeah. really cares about right right yeah and then, and then a lot of times they don't they don't play but, <laughs> right. but but the other thing too is you know a lot of the physical demand that comes with marching band is what impacts the percussion students the most mm-hmm. because they're not only trying to play and keep time they're also trying to control their bodies and control their equipment you know and and so that that's also something that people just need to do a better job of grasping and understanding the physical and mental demand that occurs in the percussion section. Um, you know, and then we can get into the whole talk about electronics and all that. We're not going to do that today, but, but, you know, again, what is the overall product coming off the field sound like? Yes. We need to be able to look at each individual section and voice and go, yes, I, I can appreciate all of this, but what does it look like when it comes off the field? Are the mellophones ripping the skin off of my face, yeah. right? Are the snares playing, I don't know, eight feet above the, the drum head? Uh, you know, is the, are the marimba mics too hot? And it's just like so overbearing. Those are the things where it's like, it's not a question of are the kids playing really well? It's a question of this is out of balance, out of whack, out of it doesn't mix, it doesn't work, you know? Yep. So, so what else on... On music. So what I would say, one more thing on this music, and, yeah. then, and then Jason, add anything you want. As you get pieces of the show in, listen to them, analyze the score, look at the parts, send them to your section leader. Say, hey, guys, read through this. See if you, you, you encounter anything weird. Right. And, and then yeah. give that feedback. And if it's good, great. Move on. If it's not, ask them to fix it, whatever it is. Yep. And, and then if they don't want to fix it because they have a good reason, or no, I really should try this, Okay, we'll try it, and, and if it doesn't work, I'm going to have to change it. And that's the thing designers struggle with sometimes. They, they, they struggle to remember that band directors, like it or not, 
if they're not comfortable with it, they're going to change it. They're going to make adjustments so that they're comfortable in teaching it and making sure their students can achieve it. That is, that is what we have to do. We don't have a choice. Right. If we yeah. choose to push a bad position, we set our students up to fail. The end. So, um, you know, and again, I, I, I just I cannot stress that enough where it's it's open lines of conversation. It's the director doing their job by communicating strengths, weaknesses of the ensemble, what they want to try to accomplish, giving all that information. And then the director needs to come back after the music is written and take that list of expectations and make sure that it's been taken care of. Well, I'm paying somebody to do that. I don't care. As the director, you need to come back in and double check. Okay. And again, part of their reason is because those guys write and write and write and write. And yes, they have your information sitting there while they're writing. They're, you have no idea what else they're dealing with. You have no idea what other movements they're, that, you know, just having, having done drill before myself, I, I can tell you that, you know, I would find myself going from show to show to make sure that I wasn't recreating shapes and forms in this show that were similar to this. Mm. It, it's that whole, how do I do my best to try to make it unique and individual to the ensemble? And that is a challenge. Um, and there's some guys out there that do that really well. And man, they think on a whole nother level. I mean, it's just, it's just incredible. So, um, okay. Anything else on music, um, other than make sure the measures line up. Percussion. Yeah, well, and, and you know, you've, you've already said this, but I want to give the kids the music, and then not have to say, oh, let's cross out this measure and like, you know, change this note to this and like, yes. you know, do all of that. So as as much as you can prepare and study that stuff before you're going to hand it to the kids Absolutely. before that first day of summer band where you're going to be performing so or important. playing it, you know, I, I want it to look clean. I want Absolutely. it to look clean from the very beginning. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And, you know, one more thing we could add to the general stuff is if you have a, a copier, that you use, that you copy and print music, change the toner over the summer. Right. Don't get to summer band and go, uh-oh. You know, don't, yep. don't do that. So, yeah, on, on the music, make sure it, it looks clean. If any changes are made, we throw away the old parts. Students don't have access to the old parts. There's no possible way that things get switched because what does that do? That screws up rehearsal. That takes time for us to figure out what's going on, why it's happening. And, again, on the organizational side of things, that's on us as directors. You know. Sure. But again, it's a double it's a double check scenario. You gotta double check the music when it comes in and make sure things work. Now, that's not to say that you don't get into rehearsing it and then you decide, okay, this orchestration just does not work well here for my kids for whatever reason. Maybe it's this section sounds not fundamentally solid. I need this to be elsewhere. Then you have a different conversation. And it may be that you had some really strong kids move out, or maybe you had some strong kids move in. And so it, it's really trying to analyze those things and figure out what works, what doesn't. And then the, the biggest part of it is not living with something so long that there's no return from making it better. That is, that is huge. Yes. So you, you look like you're going to say something. Well, I was just going to, I mean, and we, we ended up having a very successful marching season this year, but there was some stuff that it was just like, it was scary. It I was mean, scary. And I mean, Absolutely. and a lot of it was to do with, with COVID. I mean, I, I got COVID this year and I was out for two weeks and yeah. you, you took over. Yeah. Um, and then some of it was, you know, we'd have 30 kids out for this week of drill. And yeah. then we'd come back and we'd be like, all right, we got to catch these 30 kids up on this right. drill. And they'd come back, but the other 30 kids would be out. Not to mention, <laughs> not to mention trying to go back to, okay, we are going to hold you accountable now because we, we have oh, to. Oh, yeah. That, and then there's that piece of it too, you know, and, and yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, but. 
but being able to you know make last second changes it what well, felt like last second changes uh, and still come away successful well some was of pretty, them some of them were yeah oh, some yeah. of them were and and some of them were a result of some design choices that were made sure you know yep. and and that's one of those things which we've all had that happen mm -hmm. that's every every, every director has gone through that um, but you know the, the key is making sure you understand that we can try something for a period of time, but right up until the point where we don't feel like our kids are going to be successful or we feel like that's definitely going to be noticeable in comparison to how well they're achieving the rest of this, we have to make a change. Yeah. You have to make a change. And some, you know, some of your designers and, and arrangers will be more than happy to. Um, you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. I'll okay. <laughs> cough. <laughs> um, we'll be more than happy to help you out. You know, I mean, if we had to make a change in the music, you know, they want their music to sound good too. That's and right. So, you know, they were very helpful this year and, um, and being able to help us point out the, the specific spots if we wanted to cut this or, you know, lower this or any of that stuff. Um, but reach out and, and get help from those people again. Yes, absolutely. And, 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 you know, again, there, there are also situations where most, most music arrangers don't like to allow another designer to make edits in their music. But for them, it's usually pretty quick. But what the key is telling them well enough in advance. So you get the product in, you go, okay, this, this, and this. Send it back and let them fix it. Don't go, okay, this is great. And then we hit August. And then you have, well, here's this list of 64 things that I need you to correct. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, okay, let's go on a drill now. Okay. My, personal, my personal favorite. Yeah. Okay, some things to make sure that we, we do and we're ready to, um, we're, we're, as we receive things from our drill designer, okay, or some of you that are designers, you kind of know how this goes. Most drill designers will send things a piece at a time. When I was writing, um, that is what I like to do because I didn't want to do a whole show and then have them come back to me and go, okay, but X, Y, and Z. And I didn't want to charge anybody for rewrites because that's lame, right? unless you're just like making them rewrite the whole thing because you didn't meet parameters. But I, I always wanted to double check and make sure that I was good with this movement before I went with this one, because anything that needed to be changed in the middle of this one was negatively going to impact any other work I did after it. Right. Absolutely. So things that we need to make sure that we're, we're, we're double checking. Number one is the grid on your, your charts or your UD, UDB app. Is that set up correctly? Do you have the front hash where it's supposed to be? Um, or do you have some wonky different version of what the football field is? I had a designer do this to me many, many years ago, um, sent me things. The hashes were in the wrong place. And I said, okay, the hash is in the wrong place. Now, granted, he had built all kinds of lines on this front hash, all kinds of things off that. You know what he did? He simply moved the hash back four steps. So now everything was four steps off of what would have been a normal anchor point for my kids. Yeah. And I was not a happy person um, at that moment in time, as you can imagine. So when you get those things in, make sure if you're printing a drill chart, you're not using UDB app because um, that because that thing is the bomb. It's awesome. Yep. But but if you're using charts and, and dot cards and stuff, just make sure the grid is set up correctly. Uh, do you have light poles in the middle of your field? Right. Do you, do we you, do. We do. Yeah, we do. Yeah. But we also tell our designer where those are mm -hmm. so that as he's designing, he knows that either, hey, if you write this this way, then the kid's going to have to go around it. That's really, really important um, because and you can you can often tell sometimes when there are light poles in the field because you can watch the drill and and the drill tends to have issues in the same location as the show progresses, which is where the light poles are. So, you know, again, kids set them up for success. Tell them where it is. Yep. Um, OK, so 
look for things like appropriate staging of woodwind features. Where are they? Are they behind the back hash? Because if they are, that's probably going to be tough to hear. What about if it's on the tin, though, too, right? If it's right. on the tin sure. and behind the back hash, yes, because, that should be okay. Because we're not re- really worried about symmetry. We're just trying to be different. Right. Yes, yeah. Oh, no, my goodness. It, it's going to be hard to hear that, you yes. know, even if you've got it mic'd up. Um, so just be smart about that. And I'm not saying keep everybody in the zone in the middle. You've got to have some variety and some difference. But, I mean, you know, where are those kids going to be? Does it make sense musically? Like we, the, I remember Emily's senior year, we had a moment in, at the end of our show where I would just want to beat my head against the wall because the way it was designed, it had to be a flutter. It couldn't be anything else. And it just was still way too far back. We even moved it farther down the field right. to get closer to the front sideline. Um, and, and it still didn't work the way we wanted it to. And, sure. and, and it was a lame move. But, but anyway, um, and no, I did not write that. But... <laughs> You know, you get into you those situations. Oh, yeah, okay. I yeah, did not write right. that part. You're right, you're right. No, <laughs> I, I did fix some of the other yes, things. I did yes. not write that. But, but the thing about it is, um, you know, you you literally have these charts. You should have them well before you start to teach them. You should be able to go through the animation, comma. Now, let's talk about this. Actually, let's go dot, dot, dot. If you're simply watching the Pyware animation file, you cannot tell where those kids are, if they're having pass-through issues, if they are clobbering each other, you will not be able to see that in the virtual perspective. You need to look at it two-dimensionally, which means you may have to learn how to use Pyware or whatever program your designer is using. If you need help with that, if you need help just like the basics of, hey, Doug, show me how to walk through Pyware, I'll be happy to do that. It won't cost you a thing. You just let me know. I've done that with you, Jason, where we've gone through it. It is not that difficult. It is overwhelming when you first start to do it. But once you learn how to do it, then you can start checking things for yourself, not just trusting the designer. If you trust that designer and that virtual perspective shows things look great and you get out there and try to teach it and they're, in fact, not great, guess whose fault that is? Your fault. It is your fault. Your fault. It is your fault. Yours. Not yours. No, yours. Okay. Yeah. So no, that's a director. That's a director error. It's a hundred percent a director error. And and I will readily admit I have made that error myself. And you just can't do that. You have to look at it. You have to check it. You need to get it in UDB app if you're using that. You need to make sure the kids have them check their paths, make sure everything's set correctly mm-hmm. before you get out there. You have to do that. Um, because if you don't, you're gonna waste time. You Absolutely. are going to waste time. I'll tell you another thing that's irritating um, is when you get charts in. Um, and again, if you're, you're looking at the chart a page at a time, like I used to have like a dot master, you know. And, of course, we didn't have UDB app when I was teaching. But you look at it and all of the um, label numbers are covered up by other dots. So you can't actually tell oh, yeah. which kids wear. And, you know, if you're a designer – Shame on you. You need to make sure that those numbers are visible. It's a few button clicks to make sure that you can see, the directors can see who's what kid is what. Otherwise, if you do like us, where we're calling out numbers, we're like 20, 20 what? I mean, there's, you know, there's 20 to 29. So you have that many different types of numbers you could be calling, and you can't see it because there's a dot covering it up. Yep. And, and it's such an easy fix to not, not do that. Another thing that I like to check is, is it on the grid? You know, oh, yes. a, lot of, a lot of the best marching bands you would think, you know, have all of these difficult drill moves, but everything is, is on the grid, like a one-step, two-step, three-step, yes. all the way through. 
um, as opposed to, you know, and, and I know that it doesn't work out perfect if you're doing curves and things like with finding your spot on the grid. Yeah. But, but you know, you, if you're you going to do can it, have a, you still can have a reference point though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But if you have a company front in the front and mm -hmm. it's a two step interval yep. and you're built off of one step off the yard line yeah. or you're built off a half a step mm -hmm. or 0. 0.75 steps, Preach it. that, that has <laughs> to be like a, just a, an oversight. Yes. In all honesty. And, 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 and that's an excellent point that you make because you know, a lot of our, a lot of our programs, especially in our area, we've got concrete fields and we've got, you know, the, um, what's the dot company field dots field dots. Yeah. So we, we have field dots come out and do stuff. So the grid's there and we can, our students can read that. And which by the way, for those of you that are like, um, you know, how do I get cross curricular activities into my band kids? When you go out and learn drill, they're reading graphs and charts. Okay. If you haven't realized that yet, let your administrator know that at your next T-test evaluation. Anyway, moving on. So the, the, the thing that we have to, um, you know, remember about our kids is they, they've got to know with a level of comfort where they're supposed to be and they have to be able to adjust as well. But if the initial setting of the drill is all wonky and there's no continuity there in their repetition, then you, again, you're setting them up to fail. And what happens is, again, a lot of designers, they get sleepy, they stay up too late, they put things in places that are not in a good place, and they don't think about it from the standpoint of the director having to teach that moment. Right. They don't. They're like, well, that looks and, pretty, you know. And look, the directors, and we've all done it, and we, we can fix it quickly, yep. but it's just a lot less stress. Like, you know, all the kids raise their hand, you know, after you're like, go get on set number 14 yep. and, you know, stand there and let's check it. And they're like, I'm 0.75. Well, I'm 0.25. Right? Yes. And it looks like to the director on the chart that it is like on the step. Right. You know? And then we just have to say, all right, well, just get on the dot or get on yes. get on that step. And we have to fix it. Right. And then now our all of our dot cards are wrong. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And 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 again, we've wasted time. And yes. and we've got to print more dot cards. Right. Or we have to upload a new file to EDB where it's fixed. Yep. You know? So again, you know from a design perspective, these are things where like I would always communicate with my drill designer. Here are the things that irritate me. Bam, 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 bam. And let's try to make sure we don't have any of those. And when they would come in, if I had something that irritated me, I, I would say, Hey, we got to fix this, you know, or there are also times where I forgot to put bass clarinets in, you know, and that's irritating <laughs> from the designer's perspective. Mike sure. Ellis still gives me garbage about that to this day, but you know, but to Mike's credit, he's like, okay, man, I'll fix it for you. And he did. Now he did it within a couple of hours, which was really incredible because he was really actually adding people to the drill. And it wasn't just a bunch of curvilinear stuff where everything just gets to expand. Like he had to go in and place things. And if you've ever worked with power, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. One other thing, and sure. this goes along with what you're talking about with just checking the animation. Yes. You know, depending on which program you're using, depending on how detailed the animation is. Right. If you're just looking at the animation, you're studying it, and you're thinking, okay, all of these guys look great. This mm -hmm. looks great. There's no pass-throughs and stuff. You can't always tell what instrument everybody plays. Correct, yeah. And so, you know, I know that there's some instances of of good grouping where it's, you know, weird instrumentation together. Sure. Maybe it's like a little soli or, yeah, yeah, or yeah. something. But, you know, if you have 52 brass players and 48 woodwinds, yep. You, you shouldn't have your drill designer fit that symmetrically by putting two sousaphones in the flute section. Yes, that's you know, exactly and that's, right. Because <laughs> it just looks ridiculous. Yes, so, it does. So well, watch and, the groupings on that and, stuff. And I'll tell you another one too, <clears throat> excuse me, is 
the uh, okay, let's put trombones. Let's put trombones on a two or a one step interval front to back. Yes. And and call that smart. Let's do that. <laughs> and they're playing. Like they're not just even holding their horns down. They're actually playing. Yeah. You know, and the kids are all smacking each other in the head and oh, several I several mean, years ago, and this was at a different district, but several years ago, we we had a really tight spot front to back with trombone players in the back. Yeah. And um, they were playing something and it goes out into like about fourth position and in the middle of a show hooked the end of their slide oh over the um, like the zipper and the little spot in the back of the person in front of their uniform mm. right yep. and so that person was stuck to that trombone slide for a couple of moves after that's, that yeah and that's pretty unfortunate <laughs> when that happens i mean but but it's things like that where you know a designer gets so used to looking at um the letter symbol you know and then they have to come back to the design but you switch back and forth i, I can tell you this because i've been doing it a while you switch back and forth because you're looking at what does the animation look like, number one. But number two is I watch the two-dimensional move. I'm looking for dumb things that are not that are going to actually be smoothed out in the, the actual animation. And and I've got to be able to know if that's going to be a problem. Well, depending on what symbol I use for trombone, I might not be able to see. I can't stack those on top of each other unless I know beyond a shadow of a doubt those are trombones, and I can't do that. Yeah. You know, and where it really gets fun is if you decide to do like a, you know, a, a square that's, you know, going uh, down four over four back for everybody's like rotating and you've got them at such a tight interval that the trombone has no choice but to hit somebody. Yes. You know, I mean, it, it's just it's wild. Um, so so, you know, again, those are things in, you know, look for places where, hey, let's like you said, build a huge company front, but let's build it four steps off the hash. Why would we do that? That doesn't make any sense, you know, Um so anyway, uh, as far as groupings, right? Making sure that, like you were talking about the tubas in the, in the flute section, make sure the groupings make sense. Like it needs to not only um, make, um, you know, musical sense, but it also needs to look okay. It needs to look good, you know? Um, and so now if it's a, it's a tuba piccolo solo thing that you programmed, more power to yeah. you. But, but if that's not what the moment is, then, then that's going to be really weird and odd. Yes. Um, okay, props, silks, visibility issues, and safety. We need to know dimensions. We need to know guard work. We need to know what these props look like. We need to know how tall they are. As a designer, I need to know those things so that I don't march your kids behind them to the point where they can't see. I need to know those things. I also need to know how much room I have for a trombone player to put a slide out if I've got a guard kid you know, that's manipulating some type of oversized equipment. Like all that stuff is important. So don't just tell the designer, oh, just write the guard however you want and we'll fix it later, <laughs> which is what happens so many times, right? So those are things that you need, you, you know, your designer needs to have a concept of where are the kid's going to be, um, not only because the computer does it perfectly, right? It makes it look great every time they do it, even yeah. if it's stupid and it's not even possible. The computer will just zoom. It'll do it. Yeah. Kids can't do that. They will not be able to do that. Um, so what you have to remember, too, is as you're getting your drill in, these kids are not just marching. They're playing, too. So, it again, is not just the physical demand of what they're doing. It is the playing demand while they're doing the physical demand. And, and, and again, you as a director know better than anybody what your kids can do. Um, so just, just keep that in mind. Yep. Um, color guard groupings. How are we going to group those up? We're going to have rifles. We're going to have savers. Are we going to structure them in a certain way? Is there a big, you know, ripple moment? Is there this just big color splash, whatever? 
all of that stuff needs to be designed. Um, you know, Pyro does have a feature where you can start in the middle of a drill and set a form and write backwards. Um, it's very challenging to do that because like the form you arrive at looks amazing. The stuff behind it kind of looks like a hot mess. You really have to play with it to get it look like it was sequenced from this moment to the next. Uh, so that's something to be aware of. Um, have your guard director in on the design, like let them tell, here's what I would like to do. Now, if you have a, a, an overall coordinator or design uh, show guy who is a guard person and already understands that, then he will be communicating those things to your drill rider and he will be holding them accountable to that. Uh, at least we hope he will. Otherwise you'll have to. Um, okay. And we talked about the animation file. Do you have Pyware or whatever program? Can you manipulate the program? Can you get out of the virtual um, viewer and can you see if there's any collisions, cross throughs, pass throughs, switches of places? Do you as the director have the ability to walk through that before you print that sucker, before you upload that file to UDB app for your kids? And if you don't, then surely you know somebody then that can do it out. for you. And, yes. and, and I will tell you if you need help walking through it, call me. Send me a text, uh, shoot me a message. I will walk you through it. It does not take that much time. And once you know, you will know and you will be done with it. Okay. Yep. It's okay to go, hey, I'm not a designer. I don't know how to do that. Like, that's totally fine. What's not okay is to go, I don't know how to mess with that. And I'm not willing to because I'm scared. Right. Right. Yep. You've got to figure out how to do that. And the other thing, too, is Pyro is great for doing things like charting drill team um, blocks because we have to do that, you yeah. know. Or if you need to spell out your school letters you could do that if you have enough kids to do that mm -hmm. and you can see exactly what it's going to look like and you need to be able to manipulate that program and and so it just takes a little bit of time and somebody with some knowledge to show you how to do it and then you've got it it's information your information it's great um okay so let's see staging the battery to everyone we kind of touched on that earlier in the music yeah but just please be smart about that ask ask the percussion director what what's the interval you want between the snares and the tenors and the basses and if you have flubs are you marching a cymbal line? Things yep. you do want, things you don't want, right. you know, because they'll tell you. Yeah. They, they, most percussion directors will not give the drill designer complete autonomy over what the battery looks like while they're on the field. They just won't. And <laughs> it's because that's dumb to do that, you know, um, because the designer is, is, you know, unless they're a percussionist, is not really going to grasp all of the intricate things that are going to happen there. It could be a sticking issue. It could be, you know, maybe the kids are playing on each other's drums at some point in the show. You just don't know. And so you, you need to take that information. Now, yeah. This is one of the reasons why, you know, people think, you know, designers, oh my gosh, they, they, they charge so much money. Well, if they're doing it right, it's because they're thinking of all of these things. They're going through all of these things. They have to hit all of these parameters. This is not like we're playing cornhole and we just throw in a bag and trying to hit. <laughs> I mean, that's not what this is. Right. Um, we're, we're trying to hit a lot of check boxes. Um, okay. Physics of sound. Where are we listening to? Where, we, where are our listening zones? That's exactly right. And, and as we look at the chart, can we ask ourselves, okay, well, I've got woodwinds way over here to side one and brass are over here on side two facing backfield. Where's pulse coming from? We have to be able to determine that and decide that and teach our kids where that's going to come from. There's a great video out there online that talks about the physics of sound. Um, and I, I might be able to link that up in the Facebook page or something. But if you haven't checked that out, you should. Where I find this is most uh, typical where we don't understand is in small school settings where because we're small, we have not many students on the field, we tend to be able to get away with simply watching drum major hands or simply listening to the battery. But from time to time, things get out of sync, out of whack, 
and we don't even know why. It just we just feel like our kids aren't aren't zoning in, and that's not necessarily true. What, what's really happening is your students are being pushed or pulled in whatever direction they decide to listen to. So they have to train them to listen to a certain area, depending on where pulse is, what's happening on the field, tempos, all the things, subdivision. I mean, like I don't know if anybody's ever really stopped and thought about all the things that go into this, but it's a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. Um, okay, so. Checking dot card GDB app. We did that on the grid. You mentioned that pass throughs. Um, if there are pass throughs in the drill, again, uh, the equipment that the students are using needs to accompany the pass through. Like it's, it's got to go with the kid. You don't get to leave the equipment and then have the pass through unless that's actually designed. So okay. if you're sending a, a guard person in front of a trombone player and you're not putting enough room in there, and considering not only where the slide is, but also where the, the pole is going to be, then you are setting yourself up for a trip to an ER uh, with a potential concussion and a pretty hefty repair bill as well. And, and the other thing you have to remember, too, is when you, you stage and you design and you write like that, kids have to be really careful. Over, over the season, if you're not painting dots, if you're not painting the student spots and they don't have a consistent reference, the drill fluctuates and it moves and yeah. it starts to come forward. We, we know that. We know it does that. So the students think they're doing it exactly right. They come a little bit too far forward, and bam, we have a big problem. Right. So, again, those are things you need to be looking at. Um, and then flutters, okay? And this can be kind of what we end on, I guess. Um, flutters. So um, I will say I am not an expert in fluttering. I cannot flutter. Nobody wants to see me flutter, and I don't think the concrete can handle me attempting to flutter. Okay. I, I want to see you fly. I'm sure you do. Okay. But, but here's the thing. There are a ton of people out there that can help you figure out what type of motion needs to occur that will best fit your kids, whether that's a flutter, whether that's a staggered move, whether that's a dance move, choreography. It's okay to say, I don't really know how to do that. But what's not okay is to go, oh, kids just stand there and, you know, look cool. Try to go watch this drum corps video and just mimic this. No, no, because what that does is that models this. It's okay to not know how to do this, and we're going to pretend like we're doing it anyway. Yeah. And, and then, and then the, the the fun part of it is we're going to expect to receive credit for that. Yeah. Right. You know. And so, if if you're talking about teaching a flutter, teaching any of those types of moves, where you see um, it, it's more of a uh, graceful, it's more of a flowy than just a in time, you know, marching uh, technique, then what does it look like? Is it graceful? Is it flowing? I mean, we, we tell our kids all the time, why do we call them grace notes? Because they're supposed to be graceful. Yes. Right? So it's, it's, it's a flutter. Right? It's not a flatter. It, it's a flutter. And, and so making sure that when you, when you have those special moments in the show, or I say special, where you have those moments that are not just drill, 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 and the kids are moving around and there's body choreography, do they have the information they need to pull it off? Do they have it? And, and do you know how to teach it? And it's okay to go, I don't know how to teach that. And go find somebody that knows how to teach it, and you learn. Absolutely. You yes. learn so you can bring it to your kids. Um, because, again, you know, there's nothing in the world wrong with looking at your kids and going, I don't know the answer to that. Where, where it is wrong is going, um, I don't know, and it's not important enough for me to go find out. That's where it becomes a huge problem. So um, anyway, to wrap all of that up, I, I, I hope that this episode was helpful. I know we talked about a ton of things in this episode, and we'll continue podcasting over the summer. We'll get into some more specific things, but 
our thought was as far as this point in the year, these are all the things that we are thinking about and that we are preparing to do as we start to receive our show, as we start to get ready to leave our kids for the summer and all that. Again, we're setting ourselves up so that we are in the best possible place when we start the school year next year. Because uh, if we don't do that, then we are not equipped to deal with all of those wrenches that always get thrown in our plants, right? Because we know that happens. It's going to rain. It's, something's going to happen. Something's going to be wonky. And the way we originally planned is going to have to be altered. We know that's going to happen. If you don't plan at all, if you don't prepare for this stuff at all, or if you don't do it adequately, now all of a sudden, not only is your plan that you have not adequate, but it's also not going to work because of whatever comes at you. Right. So, you, yeah. you, again, you're just trying to set yourself up to, to you know, be successful. And, and I don't mean in terms of ratings. I mean be able to enjoy the process, enjoy teaching, enjoy making music with your kids, and have your kids want to come back and do it again the next year, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, so yeah, if, if any of you are in, like I said, on the, the drill stuff, um, if you need assistance with navigating Pyware, um, if we can be of assistance to you in any of these organizational tasks, again, we're here. We're here for you all summer. It does not cost us or cost you a thing to reach out to us. Uh, we've already had a number of you reach out and ask us different things from job questions to dealing with administrators to like all of that. Okay. It's always confidential. We're not going to go on the air and go, Hey, Jason asked about why he didn't get a bigger golf cart. We're not going to do that. And, <laughs> and so, so if, if we, again, it's a service oriented. So if we can be of service to you, um, we, we will be happy to do that. And if for some reason we can't answer your question, we'll help you find somebody that can. Sure. Cause again, and we just want your kids to be successful. We want you to be successful. Yeah. And, and coming from the list maker, if, if we left something off that's pretty obvious to you, that's right. Then please message us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Because we may have we may have forgotten it too. Right. I mean, yeah. So definitely do that. So, awesome, cool, Jason. Again, thanks, man. For Thank man, you. thanks for a great year. You've done a great yeah. job this year. I really appreciate have. it. Thank yeah. you very much. And uh, I'm excited about next year. And uh, excited yeah, to take too. a little bit of a, a breather as well. So. <laughs> But uh, I hope everybody has a great rest of your uh, Memorial Day weekend. If you're traveling down to State Salon Ensemble Contest, please be safe. Uh, you know, going down there, make sure your kids are having a good time, having a great experience. And uh, we will see you guys uh, after Memorial Day on the next episode. I'm not sure what we'll talk about yet, but I'm sure it'll be something entertaining. But again, thanks so much for being with us, and we will see you very soon.